Welcome to another inspirational message from Shoreline City. Hi, everyone. Hello, Shoreline City. Happy Sunday. You guys ready for a great day today? We ready? We ready? We ready? We ready? Hey, listen, Onique and I were talking. We just decided that we figured this service should be the most enthusiastic, the most alive, the most energetic, the most engaged. Uh, when, when Jesus would go to certain towns, uh, there would be some towns he would go to, and he could not perform miracles because the lack of faith that was in that particular town. This had to do with one town in particular, his hometown, where people became very, very familiar with him. But he would go to other parts of uh, the land, other, other regions, and people would have such an anticipation. They would, Jesus, as a matter of fact, would be able to look at them and see that they had faith in their eyes. And amazing miracles would take place as a result of that expectation. So we just decided, hey, as a church family, we just want to be people that have ridiculous expectations. Yeah. About what Jesus can do in our lives today. We have no idea what you're walking through, all the different things you may be battling. But what we do know is that the God of heaven is on your side. And he has the ability to fight every single battle and work all things out for his good and his glory. So that's the environment that you were into. That's why people are clapping and shouting and lifting their hands. And we're thrilled about today. Honey, you look beautiful. No place I'd rather be than here. Hey, we also want to uh, real quick uh, and but definitely not uh, set it aside this is incredibly important to us we have a whole team of people that serve week in and week out so some would faithful. call them some people would call them volunteers uh, you're gonna have to clap a lot louder than yes. that for all of our people yes who serve they're the ones that come early Stay late. Yep. They're the ones taking care of the babies and the kids right now, yep. not just babysitting them, but pouring the word of God in them. Yeah. They're the ones who are running the cameras right now so that people on live stream, people in the chapel can see. Yep. They're the ones making coffee for third service. It, They're the ones yeah. in the parking lot when it's cold, when it's hot. So They're great. the ones showing you where to, to sit. I yep. could go on and on. Leading up here. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Thank God for the team. And Thank we want to celebrate the we team. We want to celebrate the team. So this upcoming yeah. Thursday night, we're actually having a party for everyone who is a part of the team. We want you to be here. We want to celebrate you. We want to uh, honor you. We want to honor you. we got gifts for you. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful night. So if you are here and you're a part of this church... And you are serving in any capacity at all. You served at Shine even uh, last year. We're going to say we want you to be here. If you just got on the team this year, you've only served twice. You're like, well, I've only served twice. Can I come? Yes, you can come as well. Uh, But a lot of you who are part of this church, you haven't served at all. Jesus still loves you. We love you a whole bunch. But you can't come to this party, okay? And also, (laughs) if you've signed up to serve, but you wrote really messy on your card and we have your wrong contact information, and you think, I signed up, but I haven't been contacted. But I put a 555 number on there? Yeah, or you... That's in the movies. That's never a real number. You guys didn't know that. That that joke just went... Yeah, gone, gone, gone. It's okay. All that to say, in the lobby, we have a volunteer area. It's actually right outside these doors to my... Left, you're right. Mm-hmm. Is it right? And go to that area. Say, where's the volunteer area? And say, hey, I have signed up for something, but I have not yet been contacted. Let I'm sure know. I wrote down something too messy. Yeah. But go. Be be bold yeah. so that we can get you on a team. Get Don't you on a let team. a messy writing or an error 
hold you back from yeah. what God has for you. Yeah, we believe in order for all of us to grow spiritually, uh, that you have to be involved in community. You have to be connected. And this is not just in connect groups. We mean utilizing the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given you. Yeah. This is a family that we are a part of, and there are things that God has put in yeah. you. Okay. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor. Tell them there are things God put in you. Tell them there are things God put it. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. So this might be the first time anyone has ever even heard this in church. It is not, church is not just for the preachers and the singers. Church is for the whole body of That's Christ. Right. We are That's all right. in this thing There's together. There's a place for you. You have a place here. So we all want to jump on this journey together and keep on making Let's it on earth. Our talk. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about today. We're going to continue our relationship goals series uh, today. Honey, why don't you have a seat here? Thank you. Hot mama, who I love so much. She's my best friend. Uh, she and I have been married uh, going on, what, 20? Next month, 21 Next month, years. 21 years. It has gone by incredibly and y'all fast. pray for Earl because May is my month, and I'll tell you why. It is my birthday. Yes, it is. It is our anniversary. Yes, it is. And it's Mother's Day. So. And. What else? Elle's birthday. And my daughter's birthday. Yeah, so May is kind of big for us in our family. I'm not going out to eat at all the month of May. All discretionary uh, income goes to make sure my wife and daughter are going to be incredibly happy uh, on that month. So, but the month after that, I'm trying to to save. Goes back to real life. But we're really, really excited about all that we have in store today. Uh, we're going to continue talking about relationships. Now, the reality is all of us in here are in a relationship. Okay, everyone in here. Now, some of you are thinking. We're in the chapel. Do no, we have friends in the chapel friends today? In the cha- Hi, chapel. Let's give we it up for everybody you. in the chapel as well. Love you so much. For those of you that don't know, we have a chapel, and that is additional seating where you still get to hear the word. You still get encouraged. Yep. But it's our additional seating, but we make it fun in there. So shout out to the chapel. We yes, love you. chapel. We love you a ton. Now, um, everyone in here, in the chapel, online, is in a relationship, all of us. Now, some of you are thinking, no, I'm not. My Facebook status is still single. You know, no one on Bumble has, has you know, requested. I've got nothing going on. Mumble? I thought it was... What Bumble, Bumble, oh, Bumble. Oh, I thought you said Mumble. No, no, Bumble, Bumble. Come on, honey. Girl, I was like, I'm not I, I know what's anymore. going on. You do. Uh, I've never been on it, but I know. I've heard about it. With that being said... Not just dating relationships. Obviously, all of us in here have a mom or a dad. We have employees or an employer. Uh, We have roommates. All of us in here are in some type of relationship. But what we're going to do today is really hone in on the dating and married piece of relationships today. That's going to be our focus. And some of you are thinking, what? In church, this might be new for some of you. Uh, But we just think that God actually wants to interact with us where we live uh, and not just like in the clouds somewhere. Uh, so today, uh, for those of you who are first-time guests, we like to keep it real here at our church. Real, real. Like so, so some people are like, oh my gosh, like what does that mean? You'll, you'll, see. you'll see in just a minute, okay? So pretty much we don't feel like anything is off topic because we feel like our whole lives belong to Jesus Christ. So we're going to jump into all types of nooks and crannies of relationships here. We don't have time to get through all that we want to get through, but we're really, really excited about today. But before we jump into relationships specifically, let's talk about uh, a scripture that we found, uh, that that we find in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew 
uh, chapter 7. We're going to begin reading in verse 24. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or a wise woman who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man or a foolish woman who built his or her house on, on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. What we discover here from Jesus, and you know this like I know this, every single one of us in here will face storms. All of us, okay? And because you're a follower of Jesus does not make you and I immune to the storms of this life. You don't get to pray a prayer, then all of a sudden like a magic bubble gets put around you and your life is now perfect because you're a follower of Jesus. As a matter of, if that were true, Jesus would have never had to go to the cross. That was tragic. It was difficult. It was hard. And he still had to go through it. There was resurrection on the other side of it, but he still had to go through the cross. You and I will still face cross situations in life, but there's always resurrection life. The point is the streams are going to rise. The winds are going to beat against your house. The rain is going to come down. The question is not, will there be battles in life? The question is, are you founded upon the rock or you found it upon the sand. Wow, so good. That's, your, that's the question. Now, Jesus says here, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. He does not say, everyone who hears the word has built their house on the rock. He said, everyone who hears the word and puts it into practice. Applies it. Is the one that is building his or her house upon the rock. Um, like most of you in here, maybe like most of the world, we went to go see uh, Black Panther. And I'm looking at these folks in Black Panther going, man, I got to get in shape, okay? I need to get in shape immediately. I I'm looking at Wakanda forever. And I'm like, man, I don't have, this is Wakanda yesterday. Right? What I got going <laughs> on <laughs> right here. I got a one-pack, not a six-pack. And so I'm looking at these. I even saw a, a magazine yesterday. I was at Whole Foods checking out. I saw the Men's Health uh, magazine there, and Michael B. Jordan is on the cover. And I'm like, dang, I got a ways to go here. Some magazines, you got to turn and look the other direction. Uh, but this magazine I'm looking at going, man, I, I think I, I want this. Now, if I grab the magazine, I buy it, I read it. Matter of fact, I take the magazine, I even put the magazine underneath my pillow at night. I hold the magazine really, really close to me. I love the magazine, but I don't do anything that the magazine tells me to do when it comes to getting my life in shape. Am I going to get in shape? Nope. No, it does not work just to read the article. It does not work to really care about the article. What works is getting up early, going to the gym, changing my diet, doing the discipline yep, things that works. are necessary to see my body change. And too many times spiritually, we just want to read and think it's going to be enough to so change good. us. We're going to have to be willing to put the word of God into practice. You and I are going to have to be willing to 
to go beyond just looking at the headlines when we're checking out at the store. So good. There's more that God has for you, and there's more that God has for me. So what we are encouraging all of us to do here is even though you're in church today and we're so proud of you, or you're watching online, we're so proud of you. Thank you for taking that step. But what we really want for you is for you to hear what Jesus is calling you to do and what he's calling me to do. And for us to actually put it into practice. Are you ready to take this step, church? Are you ready to go beyond just being a spectator, being somebody that can admire a body on the cover and actually putting in the work and the time? It's all empowered by his grace, all of it. Here's the reality. You know this like I know this. Onik and I, we talk to... Uh, couples and people all the time. The state of relationships when it comes to dating and marriage in our society and the world, I don't know if it's at an all-time low, but it's definitely at a low. You know, like I know, when, when, when people begin to date and when we look at people's marriages, there are few that we look at and go, I want it to be just like that. Most of our friends that are dating, we go, I don't want my relationship to be anything like that at all. As a matter of fact, I want to run the opposite direction of how they are doing that right there. And sometimes you even say that and you can find yourself doing the very thing that you had said you never would do. Sometimes out of desperation and sometimes out of mindsets and old habits and routines that we've gotten ourselves into. And what we're coming in here today is we're trying to break cycles of dysfunction. We're trying to break cycles. Generational cycles. Individuals, we have seen marriage after marriage fail in our lives. We've seen relationship after relationship fail in our lives. And if we're going to keep taking our cues from the world around us, you and I are going to be sorely disappointed. But if we can hear the words of Jesus and put his words into practice, we believe that we can have marriages, we can have relationships that are founded upon the rock. That's our dream. Honey, what am I missing here? You're doing great. Okay. I think we should jump right you are, in. You want to jump next, right in? Yes. All right, great. let's do it. Let's go. I love that word that you said and just that whole foundation. Let's do it. It's awesome. Okay. We did a poll on Instagram, so we know that that's legitimate, right? <laughs> and so we asked y'all some questions, and Earl and I are going to talk through some of these questions. So we're going to dive right in, and we're also going to share what you shared with us. Okay. Question number one, we asked many of you on Instagram, is it okay for a Christian to date a non-Christian. 42% of you said yes. And 58% of you said no. What do y'all think? Now, honestly, half of y'all are probably... Now, we, this is four people that answered this poll right here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not sure this sample pool is large enough. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot more than four. This is almost a 50-50, as you can see, yeah. almost. So we're going we're gonna to dig into some of these things here. I'm actually going to toss this one to my beautiful wife because she's a lot smarter than I am. Honey, why don't you dive into this? But before you do, please understand that we're not up here because we think we're perfect. We're not no, up here because not we all. think we have it all together. We're not up here because we think we've arrived. That's not why we are up here. We are up here to be servants of your, y'all's and point you the right direction and try to connect you as much with the person of Jesus Christ as much as we possibly can. We are here to align you 
with God's word yes. as much as we possibly can. So that's how we are sharing things with you today. But honey, go yes, ahead. Yes, from Jump the in. heart of a servant, that is for sure. Okay, this question is an awesome question, and I'm sure it's something that y'all have dealt with before or even asked yourself at times. And I want to start off by saying that this is broad strokes. So every single thing that we're going to talk about, there's an exception to it. So don't shut your brain off or throw stones and think, but you don't know my story. Because I don't know every single story, so I'm speaking generally. Right. Is that okay to That's say? Right. Right. Generally. All I know is I've been married for over 20 years, 21 years next month, and marriage is work. It's amazing, but it is work. And it is important that you have things in common because so many distractions come your way through the course of a marriage. And so my encouragement would be to get married, to be in relationship with someone that you have a lot in common with, especially things that are spiritual. Because when life hits, it doesn't matter that you have great chemistry. It doesn't matter that they're a good dresser or they look good in your selfies. What matters is, can you pray when my son is coughing? Can you go with me to a family member's house when they're acting crazy? Can you help me cope with the loss of a loved one? Can you pray me through that storm? Can you pray when I send you the text message about what the doctor's office said? And so I say that to say that life and relationships are hard enough So link up with someone who you have as much in common with, especially spiritually, so that you can have a relationship that stands the test of time. That is so good. That is so good. Um, When, uh, if you're at a party, you're you're at a dinner party, and you have a friend uh, who's drinking too much, right? They and you can see that you know they they just had one too many. And they're at that buzz stage, but then they cross over buzz, and you can tell that they are now they are now drunk. Some of you are here with us today, and we're glad to have we you. We are glad. Uh, welcome, welcome. Yes, no judgment. That music was so loud. That music was so loud. We're we're glad we're glad you're here. When you see a friend that is having too much to drink, they are now drunk, and they grab their keys. And they say, all right, everybody, I'm heading home. You as a friend, you now have a choice to make. You're either going to love them so well that you're willing to take their keys from them. Or you're going to love comfort so much that you won't say anything and let them roll the dice with their life and someone else's life. And let them get into the car. So then it becomes about you. It becomes about you. You get to make that choice. What we are doing here as pastors and the type of church we want to be is we recognize that people end up getting drunk. Figuratively and literally. People end up making foolish decisions. People end up heading down a road that they don't even want to head down. And we want to be the type of church that with love, with compassion, with mercy, with kindness, with grace, with no judgment at all, is willing to say, I care so much about you. Let me take these keys because we don't want you destroying your life. Now, the great thing about us being a church is we can't actually control you, right? We don't take keys from you. We can't do that. We don't want to do that. But we don't want to be the friend that sits around silent and lets you just go and drive off a cliff and hurt yourself and hurt someone else. 
So today we are willing to say things that might make you upset at us if we know we are trying to help you to become all that God has destined for you to be. We are more interested in you fulfilling the call and the destiny that God has on your life than we are in you thinking we're cool or you liking us. Our objective here is not for you to celebrate Earl and Onika. Our objective here is for all of us in here to fall more in love with Jesus, to understand who he is and to surrender our lives to him so that we become the men and women that he destined for us to be. So can you date a Christian or non-Christian? Hey, I've heard so many people. Yep. They've said, well, they weren't a Christian. I started dating. We've been dating for 19 years, but finally he came around. Okay. Okay. I'm glad that worked for you, but that's not how it works. Most times. Most times. Now, you can roll the dice. You can. You could be the exception. You, you could totally be the exception. But what we find is most people who think they're the exception to the rule end up not being the exception to the rule. There are exceptions to the rule because there's so few. Most people end up falling into the general population. We're trying to give you wisdom. Get connected with someone that loves what you love. Is headed the direction that you are headed. Someone that you can be linked with. Someone that you can be yoked with. Someone that is not pulling the opposite direction. Someone that is after the things that you are after. And when you get connected with a person like that, you will be surprised what walls you are able to run through, what obstacles you are able to overcome, and what type of a mark that you can make for the cause of Jesus Christ. Let's go to the next next one. one. Okay, question number two that we asked. Well, y'all asked. If you know you're going to get married, is it okay to live together? 25% of you said yes. 75% of you said no. What do y'all think? (laughs) They're not going to raise their hand now. I know, but I want them to be thinking. (laughs) Like, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Because it helps you enter the conversation. Yep, I'll let you answer it too. You're smarter than me. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. I, I didn't know I was answering it first, but I'm ready. Okay, you got this. My opinion is I don't think that you should live together before you get married. Yeah. I think that you should save some things for a surprise. I think you appreciate them more. I think you're grateful, and I think you enjoy it when you save things for a surprise. And, that yeah, that's okay to clap. Yeah, it's okay to clap. It's not popular. It's cheaper to just live together. It's, it, you save money on rent, and it just kind of air quotes makes sense. But if you want to build something that lasts, if you want to build something that stands the test of time, if you want to build something like the scripture that Earl was talking about, you have to do things differently. Because, hey, how's it working for you doing it just like the world's doing it? How's it working? How's it working for your friends? How's it working for your family members? There's a reason why we do things different. And when you set yourself apart and you set your relationship apart, God honors that. When you say my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, you can't have any of this until I get a ring, until we walk down that aisle. It opens up blessings and breakthroughs and communication because you have to communicate because you can't do other things. And so usually when you live together, yeah, it's okay to say in church. (laughs) Yeah, you know what (laughs) you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So when you live together, you lose all the mystery. Hmm. And it just becomes mundane. And who wants a mundane marriage? You want to shake it up and keep it spicy. And you do that by waiting. Wow, I'll tell you that's this. How I'll that's that's good. 
let me, um, I'm going to put these two questions uh, on the screen because these are two important questions for you to ask, okay? Who's on the throne of your heart and what's the motivation of your life? I want you to answer these two questions. The reason I ask you to ask yourself these two questions is because the Bible does not answer every question specifically. It doesn't, okay? The Bible does not answer the question, what should you wear to work tomorrow? Well, I'm going to go to the book of Leviticus and find out what I'm supposed to wear. To, oh, man, it can't be cotton and wool. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, you, you, don't, you, you can't go to the Bible to find the answer to that specific question. There's also lots of scenarios and nuances out there. So what you and I have to do, what the Bible tries to get us to do, is help us discover who's on the throne of your heart. Who's first in your life? Because when you answer that question, it answers a whole bunch of other questions. If you are on the throne of your heart, then it makes a lot of sense that you would make the decisions that you're making because you're the king of your kingdom. And when you're the king or the queen of your kingdom, it makes a whole lot of sense to use people because you're the king and the queen of your so kingdom. Good. But if, if, if Christ is Come on, on the throne of your heart, if he is first in your life, whether you're in the balcony, on the floor, whether you're in the chapel or you're watching online today, if he's on the throne of your heart, you go to him and say, King, what would you have me to do? So what is best for your kingdom? The motivation of your life. What's the motivation of your life? For me personally, the motivation of my life can be summed up in the word love. I am trying to not only receive the love of God or I have received his love, but I'm trying to love God and love my neighbor. That means my life is not about making myself happy. My life is about so investing and laying my life down for others. Since my life is about that, I'm not trying to manipulate people. People to get them to do what I want them to do so that I can be happy. I'm trying to leverage every gift and talent that God has given Come me on. to make them the best that they can be. Yes. And when you do that in your business, when you do that in your job, when you do that in your school, it creates an environment where people can flourish and life is no longer just about you. Who is on the throne of your heart? So when you're asking the question, can we live together? Can we not live together? The question can is. Can we sleep together? Can we not sleep together? Is that, that's not even the first question. The first question is who's on the throne of my life? It, of course, it, if you're on the throne of your life, then go it. Of course, you're going to sleep together. Of course, you're going to make some certain steps. But when you're saying, I want our relationship to not just be a reflection of us, we're trying to be a reflection of who Jesus is. Right. I don't want people just to look at us. I want people to look at him. Since I want something bigger for our relationship than just us, then I have to see this relationship through the filter and the prism of what is best for the kingdom of heaven. Beautiful. What do you beautiful. want to add to that, beautiful? I was just going to add that there's something about delayed gratification. There's something about having to wait for something. Wow. It makes you appreciate it and value. And an untold secret to a successful marriage, an untold secret to wanting your spouse to chase after you, to think you're the most beautiful, amazing, handsome, ripped thing since sliced bread, even with rolls and all. 
That's real talk. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing or how you feel, the secret is waiting. Because when you're in a dating relationship and you have to deny your flesh, there's something about once you get married that makes you appreciate your spouse. And it makes you appreciate and value them. And it makes you desire them even more. And it's a setup also for your future. Because here's the deal. If you don't practice self-control in your dating relationships, once you get married, do you magically all of a sudden not notice your handsome boss or your handsome coworker or your good-looking coworker? If you didn't have to practice dating, what are you going to do at that lunch? Or what are you going to do on that business trip? Or what are you going to do when someone pays attention to you? But you're not used to having to deny your flesh. Your normal thing to do is to respond to what your flesh wants. But if you train it while you're dating, it pays dividends in the future. That is for free, but I promise you it will save you a lot of heartache. And here's the deal. You can start today. I didn't grow up hearing this. I didn't learn this when I was a teenager. I didn't even learn this until I was early in my college years. But I started to apply it, and it changed my life. And I applied it to my dating relationship with Earl, and I'm here today married 20 years because someone went ahead of me and told me how to handle myself because that was a hot mess. I was in the club dropping it like it's hot, throwing back 40s. (laughs) Me. Isn't that crazy? I, you wouldn't even recognize me. I was crazy, y'all. But I heard that there's a different way to date. I heard that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I heard that it is okay to wait until you get married. And so I hit reset on my whole life. So you can do that today, and I promise you, it is worth it, and it works. And one other thing I want to say. Say it, girl. You're on fire right now. You're on fire. Go, 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 go. I was telling this to our first service family. Here's the deal. It does not matter how beautiful you are or how handsome you are or how beautiful your fiancé or boyfriend or girlfriend tells you that you are. Temptation comes. We were just watching a documentary and interview with Jay-Z, and he was talking about some of his challenges as a married man to Beyonce. How do you have challenges being married to Beyonce? I mean, really. She's stunning. But even he admitted. She's not as fine as you, though. Oh, you're sweet. You're my lemonade. Oh, I love you. I don't even know the song, but I like it. I like lemonade. Awesome. But he even admitted that he had shortcomings and struggles. So obviously there's a different way to do things. And no matter how good looking you are, no matter what access to trainers and diet plans and nutritionists, there's still work to be done. And he even said I had to put in the work. And thank God, I'm so glad that they're still together. But he even had some issues. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What was her name? Okay, I won't say her name. Oh, yeah, there was in a song, though. He talked, Becky, Becky. But with that said, I'm not judging them. I'm glad they're still on the journey. But I say all that to say, don't think you're that amazing that the person that you're with is all of a sudden going to not have eyes for another person. But if you practice self-control and you watch a track record of self-control, chances are it will save you from some detours. This is what the enemy tries to do. This is fascinating, okay? Before you're married, The devil tries to get you to have sex as much as possible. And then once you get married, come on, married couples, he tries to get you to not have sex as much as possible. Then throw in kids. Oh, yeah. Three of them. Here's here's the flip. Here's the switch. Beforehand, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Then you get married. I'm tired. I don't have time. Oh, work. You have to be willing. 
to train yourself and surrender yourself so much the grace and power and the path of Jesus that you're not going to live your life fully based on what you feel at any given moment. There has to be another rudder of your life, and it cannot be your feelings. It needs to be the plan and purposes of God for your life. I'm so glad my wife and I, and man, things were difficult, no doubt about it. She wanted my body significantly when we were dating, okay? I'm just telling you guys, it was incredibly difficult for her. I would see her, she'd have these crazy eyes, and I'd be like, girl, we're not going out tonight. You need to stay in your dorm room. I'm going back to pray for you. This happened 37 times, 37 times, okay? (laughs) Let me talk to the men for a quick second. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My mom is beautiful, okay? She's beautiful. And she's single, uh, and she does. I'm out and put my mom on blast. That'd be weird. Uh, but I will. She's very classy yeah. and is sharp. So if you're over 50 and have your act together, see me after service. <laughs> <laughs> and tall. You need to be tall because no. she's tall. I told her, Mom, get rid of the tall thing, okay? Because if he's short and has integrity and a job, Mom, take that man, okay? You take... You carry him everywhere. I don't care what you got to do. Put him in you your purse. Put him in your purse. You carry him. <laughs> he can be your toy poodle. It doesn't matter, Mom. It does not matter. But she, she tells me, because, uh, you know, she used to kind of, you know, go out on dates and different things. Now she's, she's done with that scene. Are you talking about me? No, no, my mom. Okay. Men, men that would say, hey, so, uh, you know, what, what's next? So, you know, where are we going? Not like what's next in our relationship and where are we going in our walk with Christ, but like what's next? Like when are we making our way to the bedroom? And I just want to say, men, I'm going to encourage you to be the type of man that honors a woman so much that you will not sleep with her until she is your wife. Yeah. Let's (laughs) clap for that. I'm going to say it. Let's clap for it. They ain't even got to clap. It don't matter. Here's the reality. You're either sleeping with your wife or somebody else's. It's only one of those two. She's either going to be your wife or she's going to be somebody else's wife. So I'm asking you to treat her. Treat her as if she's going to be someone else's wife. If you will honor her in that way. You will present her and pull out of her all the best so that she could be all that God is calling her to be. Okay, let's go. That's beautiful. I just am so glad I'm a part of a healthy church that values women. That is, this is not normal, this kind of conversation or even this atmosphere. So I just want to take a moment and say I'm grateful to be planted in a house where men honor women. And it can start today and where women honor men. Make it easy for a brother. Hello. Oh, come on. Let Make me, it easy. Let me go into that for a second. Ladies, please, your worth and value good, is not purely exterior. Do not leverage all the gifts that God has given you to be a Delilah in Samson's life. God has a call on that man's life 
And since he has a call on that man's life, do not be a part of the reason his eyes get gouged out and he loses his power. You be a part of the reason that he steps fully into who God is calling him to be. And don't allow your insecurities. Oh, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not pretty enough. You know, I'll use this. I'll put this on a platter so I can feel valuable. Wow. You're valuable right now. Your value is actually not based in whether or not someone's willing to sleep with you. Your value is actually based in the cross of Jesus Christ. And you don't find that in a bedroom. Now, this might be brand new for some of you. You're like, what? What, what are, we, are we talking about this in church? Yes, we are. Because it's this baggage that we bring into our marriages. And now husbands and wives are at each other and they're not even sure why they're at each other. It's because we brought all this extra luggage into the relationship with us. If you are dating, you can get some of these things in order now. If you're married and you're in this place and there is back and forth that is taking place, we, we just want you to know there is still hope for you as well. It actually does not have to end in divorce. It actually doesn't. Well, you don't know. You don't know what he did. You don't know what she did. You don't, we don't even talk. We don't get along anymore. It's not fun in our house. Listen, all of those things can come back. You can actually build trust. You can. You actually can have joy return to your home. There actually can be purpose that fills your house again. There, there can. All of that is possible. But, it, but you and I are going to have to be willing to get off the throne of our own hearts, put Christ back there and go, Jesus, even though this is incredibly difficult, I'm going to choose to trust you right now. It will be work. It will be difficult at times. But we will be here to hold up your arms, to cheer you on. That's why we're pushing you into community. That's why we're pushing you to serve. That's why we're pushing you to be around like-minded people that will spur you on to be all that God has called you to be. Yes, tagging off of that, I just want to encourage every married couple here to do the work, to stay at your post, to keep believing in each other, to keep praying for each other, to keep speaking life to each other, or start today. Start today where you say, I'm going to read the book of James, and it talks about taming your tongue, and I'm going to learn to build up my spouse and not tear them down. And for those of you that feel like you're alone in your relationship, where you feel like you're the only one fighting for it, you're the only one believing the best, I want to say sorry. There's a Father in heaven who sees your heartache, who sees your pain, who sees that you feel alone. And I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. And that he's not done with you, and he's not done with your spouse. And I just feel compelled to encourage you to keep praying, to keep re reading the word of God over your situation until your situation changes. And then to get help. It's okay to get help. We get help. Earl had knee surgery about a year ago. He goes to physical therapy and learn new exercises for his knee. Why don't we apply that to our relationships and our marriages? Five years in, 10 years in, 15 years in, 20 years in, learn 30 years in, learn new techniques for communication. Learn new techniques for problem solving. And also just surround yourself with other life-giving relationships to give you hope. To find out, interview people who've gone before you. What did you learn? What's the biggest mistake you made? Teach me. 
I think we forget in marriage and sometimes we think we have to do it alone, but I just want you to know that you are not alone. Get in community, stay at your post, keep praying for each other, be your each other's biggest supports. And for those of you that are the only ones supporting, keep on doing it and believe God for a miracle. And we're going to believe with you. We are going to believe with you. That's so yeah. good, Onika. Thank you for sharing that. There, there are so many other questions that uh, we wanted to get to. I know, um, like submitting was another really good question. Yeah, it was. So many. It was. So, you have to come uh, to third service. Yeah, you can. Uh, we don't have a ton of space for you in third service, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's packed third service, We'll too. get creative with the rest of the questions. Maybe we'll do something on Instagram maybe, Live or something maybe. where yep, we yep. answer Or you're rest. willing to sit on the front row, sit on the floor uh, for next service. We're willing to do that, uh, too. But, of course, you definitely can come back. We, we'd love to have you. We'll always make room for all of our, all of our friends and all of our family. Uh, but right now, we, we wanted to take out a moment just to pray. So if you wouldn't mind, in the chapel, here, in this room, why don't we all just stand to our feet just for a moment together. We know we can't touch every topic, but we know the grace of God is strong enough and powerful enough to reach every situation. So what I'm actually going to do right now, I'm actually going to ask you to bow your head just for a moment. Um, and I'm going to pray over the single people. Then I'm going to have my wife pray over all the marriages in here. We're, gonna, we're just going to trust for the grace and the power and the life of God to fill every part of our lives. Lord, you know every single person under the sound of my voice by name, every one of them. In the chapel, in this room, on the balcony, on the floor, you know every one of them. You know their age, you know their story, you know the nuances of their situations. And right now, I just ask for you to pour out your spirit of love and grace in a way that they've never known. For every person in here that feels forgotten or lost or like they're wandering all by themselves, Holy Spirit, would you wrap your arms around them and would you help us as a church family to be your hands and feet, to be a support and a strength. I come against any spirit of loneliness. I come against any uh, suicidal thoughts. I come against anxiety and fear and the things that would try to trap a person and keep them hindered forever. Right now, we speak freedom over every single person in this room. We speak that they will fulfill the plan and purpose that you have for their life. We thank you that it's not a ring that completes them, but it was the cross and the empty tomb that completes them. So Holy Spirit, would you bring new life, Breathe fresh fire into every single person under the sound of my voice in this moment. Thank you that you who began a good work in them, you're faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And no weapon formed against them will ever prosper. In Christ's name we pray. Father God, we just lift up every marriage in here to you. We think that today can be a day of fresh start, of hope, of refreshing of a renewed sense of purpose and passion as a married couple. I speak a blessing over every marriage represented here. I pray that every couple would fall more in love with you and more in love with each other. I thank you that forgiveness would abide in this place and abide in hearts. I thank you, Lord God, that he who began a good work in every marriage will see it to completion. The Bible says old things are passed away and that all things have become new. I thank you for new over every marriage. I thank you for new over every mindset. I thank you for new over every relationship. I pray, Father God, that those marriages that are on the brink of divorce, 
that are thinking about giving up hope, that today was their last chance. I pray that today by your spirit, Father God, that you would give them fresh fire, fresh passion, fresh determination, only fueled by your spirit to stay the course. And I pray that you would meet them there. I pray for every unsafe spouse today. I pray, Father God, that they would fall madly in love with you. I pray for a supernatural miracle to take place in their lives. I pray for every spouse that didn't come home last night. I pray that if they're in the bar, if they're in a hotel room, that you would shake them and wake them, that they would fall on their face and cry out and say, Jesus, I need you. I pray for every strong relationship. I thank you for your faithfulness in those lives. And I pray that those relationships would be a strong tower and a city upon a hill and that other couples can find shade in those relationships. Would you bless every marriage in Jesus' name? We hope you have been inspired to make it on earth as it is in heaven. For more information, please visit our website, 